0: Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to Grindland, ladies and gentlemen, and dogs and cats and whoever else might be listening out there uh, in cyberspace. I am Dave McClung, and with me, as always, is the rocky to my boo Chad Grigsby. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Good to be with you in person again today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's rare that Chad and I are in the same room, yeah. and typically the idiotic uh, banter and frivolity uh, Escalades in person. quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Although, the other day we weren't in the same room when we talked about the phone parties, were we? And it took four takes. Yeah, it did. I, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the the Whew. topics of the pre-podcast conversation uh, have surrounded phone parties and yum yum sauce, and uh, not together, because that would be gross, but uh, <laughs> Chad gets uh, nervous when I talk about this I stuff. I just don't want to get fired. <laughs> over this yeah so anyway uh moving on moving on Now we're uh we're excited to be back and uh in this crazy arkansas weather this week oh man 70 something degrees yesterday and or day before and uh 30 today you you want to know something
1: weird i left my house yesterday morning with a jacket on, and I got five steps out the door and ripped it off. Yeah. It was that warm and gross yeah. muggy. I drove to Fort Smith, met a guy over lunch, drove pretty much immediately back, went, and I got went by the BCM to talk to Cole Pinnick, who is our guest today. Yeah. And as soon as I got out, I reached back in for my jacket and threw it on. It was that oh, much. Man. It was like a 30-degree difference in a couple of hours. It was just this... Like I was where are we where do we live? Are we what what it's been raining every day, and it's this is stupid. Let's yeah. move on with our lives, yeah, yeah, spring so, is just teasing us so far, yeah, we don't have yeah. a spring here. We have like a day that's nice and then it's just hot, yeah, yeah, and it's like the fall. The fall is like two days, yeah, yeah, and they're not even remotely close together. They're separated
0: by a month. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so welcome to Arkansas yeah. we love it though we love it sorry so sorry I'm, I'm already Chad and his uh, weather rants <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we may need to make this a new segment on the podcast and mm-hmm. now for Chad's latest weather rant so I've got some he's got some I, I tell I've you.
1: got at least two so one down
0: <laughs> save one
1: for the next yeah. one and then we'll
0: do that we'll do done. a special episode where we'll turn Chad loose so sounds good okay <laughs> All right, so back to the grind now that we've kind of taken those tangents. This is the grind. Yeah, this, this, this is, this is what's the essence folks. of the grind. Yeah.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. This is-
0: so we are glad to have joining us today from Northwest Arkansas and the campus of University of Arkansas, uh, our lovely bearded campus minister there, Cole Pinnock, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I'm pausing for the applause that is <laughs> we it in later. When you were nodding your head, too,
0: and I was sitting there thinking, okay, Cole, they can't hear your head nod. So, yeah. uh. <laughs> Panic, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks Cole guys. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, in, in, know, trying to explore all realms of church planting and things adjacent to church planting. Uh, we've been talking about trying to get Cole on the podcast for a while mm-hmm. uh, as he does campus ministry on the campus of University of Arkansas, uh, which is Arkansas's largest university. That's true. And uh, home of the Razorbacks, Woo Pig. So, that's right. So this is a little painful for Chad since he's a tennessee volunteers fan pretty good pretty good i know the fight song that was little
1: little mouth mouth trumpet fight song there (laughs) that's got to be worth something that's
0: what y'all talking about today home parties (laughs) uh yum yum sauce and mouth Mouth trumpets trumpets. (laughs) i don't know that there's any other kind of trumpets but (laughs) but uh you know (laughs) There you go. And uh, so, uh, oh, this is just descending into madness quickly. (laughs) So uh, we are excited to have Cole on with us and uh, willing to kind of pick his brain and talk about uh, connecting with college campuses and uh, college students. We've, you know, one of the great new topics of conversation around the country are collegiate focused church plants and uh we're exploring that in a couple of places here in arkansas as well and so we thought it'd be a great idea to kind of pick cole's brain and uh gain some some great wisdom from our friend our buddy cole Panic. so
2: i'll see what i can do (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not making any promises. Yeah,
0: yeah, Cole is is not real sure about joining in with our idiotic uh, babblings this morning. So, uh, anyway, all right. So here, here's kind of first question. Uh, you know, you're on campus, uh, U of A through the BCM. You know, what are some of the benefits, you know, for being able to engage college students from the campus? You know, having a presence on the campus, and and what are some kind of you know trends you're seeing with college students? Things that might be helpful for churches to uh, to engage with you, you know, through you guys, you know, as well as just really connect with with college students.
2: Well, I, I think when we talk about college ministry, oftentimes we um, it ends up only being seen kind of as a as a drain. It's an expensive ministry. Um, because <laughs> yeah. you can put hundreds of college students in the room and you can pass the plate and they won't pay for the donuts that you served them that morning. <laughs> and so, um, and they're, yeah. you know, they're not going to bring in, uh, young families. They're not going to, uh, those other things that often can, can motivate churches to consider collegiate ministry or consider any kind of ministry, but college ministry is a kingdom mm-hmm. ministry. And, uh, and it's, it's incredibly strategic, I think, on two levels. One, because college students are this unbelievably ripe mission field. And then, secondly, they're an incredibly ripe mission force, like an untapped mission force. Yeah. And I think hmm. if you had either one of those, those are enough reasons for us to be talking about strategic church planning to, to hit either one of those targets. The fact that they overlap um, should redouble our efforts to want to reach them. And so when we talk about that they're a mission field, you know, students come to campus, um, they, they come searching for truth. They come open to conversations. They, uh, every day a college student is being asked to consider something new. To, they're recruited to, uh, to something on campus. You can't walk across campus and not be recruited, um, which makes them really open to gospel conversations um, most people come to Christ because they uh, they go through some kind of turmoil. Turmoil is basically uh, Greek for college, uh, and so every part <laughs> of college involves change. Whether that's at home, whether that's in class, whether that's in your own life, in your own beliefs, hmm. something is constantly changing in college, which meets, makes college students incredibly open to the gospel. And then they they whatever environments they were in, we put them in a concentrated place, and we put big signs all around that say, hey, come talk to us. This is important. And so we're inviting churches uh, to be there. But despite all of those like um, elements of making it a mission field, it's often intimidating. And then I think as a mission's force, um, whether you're talking overseas or you're talking in your local church, college students bring life and energy and opportunity to, to whatever ministry we're a part of. And so when we're when we're reaching students and we're mobilizing them to do ministry, we see all sorts of um, auxiliary benefits that aren't just, oh, well, we increased our numbers or we had a whole bunch of students in the room, but they bring life to your, to your children's ministry and to the, the fact that you want your adults doing discipleship and um, how you do worship and how they do outreach and that they're willing to do anything. I mean, those are all huge benefits for why every church should be involved involved in college ministry at whatever level they're, um, they're able. But I think yeah. when we talk about like, what are the benefits to being right on campus? Well, I, I love them with all of my heart, but college students can be a little lazy. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I get it. Like everything in their world is, is built for them. College students don't see their campus as uh, campus. They see it as a giant house. And so their their dorm room is is their bedroom, the cafeteria is their kitchen, their classroom is their study space, the quad is their backyard. It's all there. And why would you leave wow. your house if you don't need to? And so everything else yeah. comes to them. Um, and so and so like it or not, the, the church needs to come to them. And um and so we we yeah. have to have a presence on mm-hmm. campus. And um and so we we really want all of our churches in this area to have staff and, and folks that are routinely on campus. Uh, Face time here with students makes all the difference.
1: So, yeah. if the campus is a giant house and the church needs to come to the college students' house, which room or part of the house is the best place for a church to
2: engage college students? Well, if you the quad, go
1: the dorm, the cafeteria, if you go do
2: a house visit, <laughs> what's the best place in their house for you to visit them? You shouldn't go to their bedroom first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should probably meet them in the which, yard, which, and hopefully they'll invite you into their living which room. Which is yeah,
1: which seems obvious, but it's really good for you to say because a lot of people think about reach college students. They may think door to door dorm stuff. Yeah, which which they probably can't get access. No, to. No, they cannot.
2: Yeah. That's okay. Right.
1: So you gotta you gotta think other ways. So maybe in the yard, yeah. maybe in the living room.
2: Yeah, so we encourage our pastors in this area that are trying to engage with college students is as they are able to build relationships that they should continue to uh, foster those relationships on the college campus. So if you have a chance to meet one-on-one with a student, whether that they're, they're already a member of your church and you're discipling them, or whether they're new or you're trying to engage them that they're a non-believer, you should meet with them on campus because the, the more often you do that, the more you're going to not only run into other students that you've met in the past, but you're going to meet those students' friends, and it's often the friend of a friend that ends up being the gospel appointment that um, where they come to Christ or they become an incredibly effective leader or member of your church. And so, but you're not going to get that if you make that student come to you and come meet in your building right. or even at a Starbucks off campus, where there might be you know dozens of college students in that space but you've limited the pool of extra people you're gonna meet. But if you have that meeting in the Starbucks on campus, well, you've got hundreds of students coming in and out that you're gonna meet.
0: Yeah, it's good. Really good. And there's several, you know, kind of entry points to the campus like that, you know, around the campus. Uh, You know, you just gotta know where they are. And you are a great guide to those entry points, those connection points.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, most public universities give lots of public access. And so there are restricted areas where uh, you can't be. And I'll be honest, you, you shouldn't be Um, like dorm rooms. uh, (laughs) Don't, don't interrupt classes. Don't walk into someone's laboratory, but, um, but you absolutely can. If you're going to study for your sermon prep for this Sunday and you can handle being in a coffee shop, then you should be just as, comfortable in the student union at your local university um, as you are any other place. So, and, um, and that yeah. will be completely normal for someone to walk through and see somebody of any age, having taken over a table, spread it out with books and writing stuff and working through things and engaging people in conversation around them. That is college life. Yeah. And so um, pastors, right. Sunday school teachers, you know, planters, whoever you are that you can use that space just as much as anybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah, and not not seem weird. For sure. Yeah, those are
1: kind of like natural and neutral places to engage. So that's good. All right. Uh, So kind of moving on from that idea of you being on the campus, how to engage college students on the campus, and talking a little bit more about what you do through BCM, you um, committed the cardinal sin of BCM ministry. (laughs) Uh, what a couple of years ago when you canceled the weekly BCM worship service, right? Was that a couple of yeah, years? Yeah, we're
2: we're finished in our third year without a weekly large group worship. Why? Service.
1: Why would you? Why would you do that? How could you do that? How have you survived? What? How have they not <laughs> shaved your beard and thrown you out, tarred and feathered? Cole, tell yeah, us well, about this.
2: Since uh, college life is just phone parties and. What, what kind of sauce, Dave? Yum yum sauce. Yum yum yeah. sauce. Yeah, yum that's, yum sauce. <laughs> <that's, laughs> have you had no, yum not, yum sauce? I've not had yum yum sauce. You guys have to send it to me. Or, yep. or,
0: Japanese steakhouse? Yeah, we got to get I'll, some yum yum sauce. Just wait till you get back in town. We'll I go to. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care Baptist of this.
2: Exclusive ministry directors have enough money to go to Japanese steakhouses. <laughs>
0: Well, you got to find the the lower end Japanese steakhouses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, sushi is always the way to go. right. You got to you got to look for the one that has the stray cats in the back. That's right. And then you and you know you're in a good place. If there're no stray cats in the back, that's when you're in a good place. Yeah. There's no cat within a 5-mile radius. Yeah, that. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah,
1: so we killed okay. our weekly. Uh, what we're large we talking group about? <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Why yeah. would you do
2: that? Uh, two factors. One is that we believe, as a campus ministry, that we exist to do what churches can't do yet, and to support our churches. We want our churches reaching college students and college students connected to churches. And so, as we looked at the kind of landscape of how that was playing out, we had students who were heavily engage with our church, which is exactly what we want them to do. uh, Multi-generational discipleship and evangelism is, is the way God designed it and we want to be a part of that. So if they can only be a part of one thing in college to grow in their faith and to grow as a disciple maker, it needs to be their local church. If they can grow, if they can be part of two things, then it should be their local church and us. But if a college student was doing that, that meant that they were going to their church on Sunday morning They were going to our small group on Monday night. They were going to their church's community group on Tuesday night, their church's large group college worship service on Wednesday, our large group college worship service on Thursday. And somehow on Friday and Saturday, they were supposed to also like do homework and call their mom and talk to the lost people we've been trying to get them to engage and all those other things. So something needed to give. And because our church is in our area, we're doing it are doing an incredible job with their weekly large group that for the first time allowed us to put our weekly large group on the chopping block and to say, okay, well, what if this wasn't a part of what we did, how would we do this? And, um, and so then it also let us shift and to recognize one of the trends we're seeing in among college students. And that is, um, a lack of history with large group, um, worship, uh, more and more of our students even here in the in the south didn't grow up in church they don't have a draw to church no matter how great your large group is no matter how killer the worship and great the speaker is there's no reason for them to even come in the door and maybe they're even more than that they're skeptical of all those things um, and they've been hurt or betrayed yeah. by large group things but that small groups were um, something that many many students felt were more accessible and um, And so we wanted to explore that. And what that has led us to is also to realize that the vast majority of um, like faithful believers that are still following the Lord in their sixties and seventies, I mean, if you asked them like, Hey, at any point, did somebody disciple you and invest in you? And the majority of those who are still following the Lord at that stage in life would say, Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometime between 16 and 26, a mature believer invested in me for a, period of time and then you say well how have you been doing that and then that percentage goes way down Mm -hmm. of the number of believers who have discipled led a small group whatever else and so we realized that there was something missing that although uh young adult ministry has always been super fruitful it hasn't always been super reproducible and so we wanted to try to figure out how can we get it so that the average christian doesn't feel like discipling someone one-on-one or leading a small group Bible study is something only for the elite, Um, but it's something that every Mm. believer can do. And so if we can build all of our rhythms around a reproducible evangelistic community group, then that's what that will reproduce is not only expands out into all corners of our campus that a large group couldn't reach, but it also becomes reproducible in the lives of those individuals, which means that they're going to be able they're not gonna be intimidated when their church wants to start community groups or they're asking for for Sunday school teachers or they're wanting to plan a church. Churches start with small groups. And so we want that to be a normal part of their Christian experience.
0: Ah right, man that's great. Well and I you know we've got uh you had a lot of conversations with Neil Cole and others who are you know just real big on disciple making. And uh, I'm when I was pastoring in in Midland, Arkansas uh, church. I was. That's not a real
2: place. You made that up.
0: <laughs> I did not make that up. <laughs> uh, south of Fort Smith, and uh, couldn't tell you the number of young adults that came into the church that, or they either spent some time in the church when they were younger, and then when they hit college or started having kids or whatever, they came back. The number of people that were never discipled uh, in any shape, form, or fashion. They knew about large group worship. They knew you know, they were supposed to read their Bibles. They knew they were supposed to do this, but nobody had ever sat down and said, this is what a disciple is. This is how you are to follow Jesus and then here's how you go help somebody else do that. And, and it was just, I was just stunning. I mean, there's so many places they can go to get worship gatherings. There aren't that many places they can go and get how to be a disciple and how to make disciples.
2: Yeah. We made this odd realization as we were transitioning to this and it came about because I had an alumni who came up for a football game and he was asking us how things were going. And I was telling him that we were going to make this shift and and he said, Man, that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? And I said, Well, like, Nick, you you were a part of our ministry all four years. You were a stellar freshman who we put on stage to lead worship for us starting your freshman year. And you led worship for us for three and a half years. And we taught you everything you need to know about how to lead a worship service, about how to gather in a large group, how to have stage presence, how to how to fit the text and the topic to the songs that you were singing, how to lead a band, all those things. Uh, And one year you led a small group for us. Now, what do you do, Nick? Well, you're an engineer in Oklahoma City. And you occasionally get your guitar out and lead worship for the youth ministry. But you and your wife lead a small group in your home. So which of the two was the the better long-term investment for us? And college ministries have a disproportionate number of people who come out of them who go into ministry. So Jeff Org would say that only one in a hundred believers is called uh, to, to into the ministry and the Christian leadership. And that makes sense. Most churches run about a hundred. One mm-hmm. of them is the pastor. Okay, 1%. Um, but in college ministry... <laughs> That, that may be closer to 10 or 15 percent, and that's just because it's a sliver of the population and it goes up, and this is the time when people are making those decisions. But still, even then, mm-hmm. 80, 85 percent of the students who are impacted by my ministry are gonna be lay people, and so I've, we have to shift the target of what we want reproduced, and I want every believer to be able to know the gospel, to be able to read their Bibles, to be able to share the gospel, and to be able to teach others how to read their Bible. If every believer left college knowing how to do that, man, we'd be blowing the doors out with with uh, disciple making in yeah. our average church.
1: <clears throat> All right, say that again. You want every believer when they leave your ministry to do you want them what to things? know the
2: gospel. So that means if they don't know the gospel, uh, that they hear the gospel, that they trust in Jesus as their only Lord and Savior right Uh, that if they're already a believer that they can clearly articulate it did they do they know it for themselves often students who have been believers for 10 years by the time they get on our campus at 18 um they trust in jesus but they really don't have a firm grasp of what that looks like so we we want them to know the gospel to be able to recognize yes the true gospel from false gospels those kind of things Secondly, we want them to be able to read their Bible. We don't want it to be intimidating. We want it to see how it applies to their life. Um, So we need them to be able to uh, ingest good spiritual food on their own. Then I want them to be able to share the gospel. I want them to be able to, with their classmates, with their professors, um, with their parents. I want them to be able to fluently talk about the gospel and then just to come out in everyday life, whether that's an intentional evangelistic cold contact conversation or it's late at night with your roommate in the you know, late in the spring semester and you finally get to broach the gospel with them. Um, and then I want them to be able to help other people study their Bibles. Can they sit down with a group of people and open their Bibles and help those people Understand and read their Bible. So, if they can do those four things know the gospel, read their Bibles, share the gospel, and teach the Bible well, those are the building blocks to really effective disciple makers.
0: Man, if we could get all of our believing church members. <laughs> right? <laughs> To do yes. those things, yeah, this would be a very different, uh, different place, and uh, and so, it, yeah, man. And, well, and that's, I mean, you've got them for a four year oh, span there, you know, yeah. most of them, maybe, yeah, sometimes a yeah. year, <laughs> two years, but uh, for that time, that that is such a pliable yep. time, you know, for them, you know, habits that they will develop and relationships they'll develop during that time are going to carry through with them Absolutely. from here on out uh th- there are decisions that i made at williams baptist colleges and relationships that i built at williams that still to this day have not changed That's awesome. you know uh it was such a formative time mm-hmm. you know for me and i'm watching that with my daughter right now who's a freshman at arkansas state and uh um you know it's just it's just so fun watching her grow now it's reminding me each day that I'm getting older and closer to death, but uh, <laughs> you know, but but she's man, she's just doing awesome, and the BCM has played a huge part in that. She's gotten plugged in at Journey Church in Jonesboro, uh, and has applied to be a children's awesome. intern there. I mean, it's just it's just been amazing, and so she's not only. Going to a worship gathering, she's learning how to be a disciple and make disciples and uh, sharing the gospel with her roommate and her friends. It's just, uh, you know, proud dad moments, you know, That's when all. that stuff That's occurs. All. And uh, uh, you know, your counterpart Jerome Stockard has had a, you know, an impact on her and impact you on know, me some of that as well. Yeah, and so
2: yeah, and and sometimes yeah, yeah. It, those are all things that we know every disciple needs to grow in, and sometimes they're harder to do that. Uh, in high school. Like it's hard um, yeah. to disciple others in high school. A, l- a lot of, a lot of faithful high school students do, but college for some people is the first yeah. chance that they've had where I can send you to a D now weekend, hang out with a bunch of uh, middle schoolers for the weekend. And where they're because of your age difference, there's a distinct opportunity for you to present the gospel and to disciple these students. And, yeah. and all those things grow and they're accelerated by the speed of the flywheel of college ministry. And so, you know, oftentimes um, we, don't, we don't, we can't use some of the manuals and small group material, other things that's built for churches and college ministries, because we have to turn everything around every eight months. Um, so I get them in yeah. August. Uh, we're trying to get small groups launched in August, and then they're gonna go through an eight month lifespan and they're gonna die at the first of May. And I've got to have already raised up brand new leaders for next year. So that flywheel can work against you and can be really hard. But the positive is, man, you can just start churning folks out when you're hitting it at, um, with every cylinder, but you have to be intentional about it and to know those are the parts of college ministry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, Cole, it, it makes sense to me that if, And this is kind of one of the mantras of BCM is to support the local church, to funnel students to the local church. You just said it. Look, if it's it's going to be BCM or the local church, we know – I mean, BCM is talking here. We want you to be involved in the local church if you can only pick one. You really do almost – and I'm not trying to criticize others who aren't doing what you're doing – but you almost do have to kill your service – to where it's not competing with the church. Otherwise, it kind of competes. Maybe not everybody's doing that. I'm not saying that as a criticism, but I think what you've done is you've kind of put your money where your mouth is to say, we're going to support the local church and we're going to kill the thing that's sometimes seen as most integral to our ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I respect that, admire that. think you're doing some good stuff with that.
2: Well, I think BCM has always existed to do what churches can't do yet. And so that yet is really important because it does mean that we're raising up churches uh, to do college ministry. And in Fayetteville, that looks a little different than it does in lots of other places, but it's also looked different in Fayetteville over the decades. So our ministry has been here since the forties and we've seen lots of different iterations of what it looks like for the BCM to assist churches in reaching discipling, mobilizing college students. And so I think that in lots of places having a weekly large group worship service is exactly what's needed to assist churches and reach and disciple, mobilize college students. But uh, in our case, it, it wasn't. And, um, and so we had to be willing to put that up and, uh, and take it down if, it, if, if we didn't need it.
0: So you died to your ministry platform. Seemed like I heard that somewhere here recently. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, so, you know, with kind of a growing trend you know, across the country is um, the an emphasis on starting collegiate, kind of intentionally collegiate-focused church plants on college campuses uh, with Resonate, you know, up in northeast U.S., Washington, uh, you know, yeah, Northwest. I said Northeast, didn't I? Northwest, Washington. My ge- Arkansas geography lessons there. Washington State is in the northwest corner of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, goodness. And <laughs> you so, know, Washington
1: State, right next to Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs>
0: that's right, right. Yeah. Oh, goodness.
1: And Washington, so, D.C.'s up there in your defense.
0: It, it is. It is. In your but defense. I wasn't thinking that. I, oh, well. I sorry. said Northeast, meaning <laughs> to say Northwest. And so, uh, and we're talking to a guy in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Anyway, I, that should have been able to roll off the tongue, but it did not. So... Um, um, so resonates there. You got H two O, Ohio, eastern part of the United States. Uh, you know, Salt Company in Iowa. Yeah. Those are just kind of some of the big, big groups. Um, at Cornerstone, I guess, in California, uh, or is it Cornerstone or Gra- uh, Grace, Grace Community,
2: yeah. Grace Cornerstone Community yeah. is uh, Salt Company.
0: Is salt company. That's right, and so so with that growing trend, and it's coming to Arkansas. Have one uh, getting ready to start this fall uh, on uh, Arkansas Tech campus. So so talk about kind of the advantages of that, disadvantages of that, um, how it dovetails in with BCM Ministry Campus Ministry. You know what are the pluses, minuses. You know can both coexist. You know what do you think? Give us your insight, a wise one.
2: I, I think it's a an exciting trend it's super encouraging um because i we, we need more laborers the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so we need more and more churches uh, we've got great churches here in Fayetteville that are working with college students and i would love to see 10 more yeah. um hmm. and so yeah and you know there is there i think there's always been uh collegiate focused church planting just right. not with intentionality, not with reproducibility. And so, you know, even here in Arkansas, you here in Fayetteville, we had a, a church that planted about a, a dozen years ago, uh, the Church of Arkansas that was planted with that kind mm-hmm. of DNA. Uh, I think both the Journey and Word campuses kind of have that heritage over in Jonesboro. Jonesboro. Um, and so even I'm, I'm a part of University Baptist Church up here in Fayetteville, and UBC was planted in the 50s. But we took our name because we wanted to reach, you know, the university. So it's existed, but to see it grow as a movement is incredibly encouraging. And um, I think it's something that we all want to encourage. I, I, I get frustrated when we pit these two um, as competing, mutually exclusive yeah. models, and to yeah. say, "Well, if you're planning, if you're wanting to plant churches in college towns, and you're not wanting." Uh, to support on-campus ministry, or if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to do on-campus ministry, then you, you know, we don't need, uh, we don't need church planning. And I, I think one that is a misunderstanding of church planning and the misunderstanding of um, the value of local church from both sides. And so, if if you're saying that um, we value the local church, so anything that's not done by a um, by a local church, can't be supportive of the local church. I, I, I don't think that, uh, that washes out. Right. Um, and then I think if, if you're a campus ministry and, uh, you're not excited to see more people coming in and, and wanting to reach students, then I think, um, I think you, you've lost your way and you've become a little too small kingdom minded and, not. Uh, not big kingdom minded. So I think there's some grievance on both sides. And I think there is also some incredible opportunity coming from both directions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited about it. I, you know, and, and you kind of summed it up a while ago, you know, college students are kind of gateways to the world, Absolutely. uh, in, in a lot of ways, because, you know, these college students are going to spread out all over the place. Uh, when they yep. graduate and to be able to take that time and pour into them, um, you know, intentionally as, you know, not just developing them as disciples, but developing them as leaders and giving them space to lead, uh, mm-hmm. which, which a lot of times, you know, some local churches just don't have space for college students to lead because they already have you know, leaders in place. Yeah. You know, and so this is an opportunity to function as an incubator for all kinds of leadership development, mission development, all this stuff. And then when they lead, they can go do that somewhere else. Uh, And that's the thing that excites me about this is that, you know, kind of leadership incubator development aspect of this, mission force development aspect of this and uh you know to be able to send out church planting teams you know from college campuses hey friends you know go to a city together get jobs together and let's plant a church there together um and there's a lot of mobility with that
2: yeah college students are incredibly uh flexible they can transfer even like within college to a new town to a new campus um, and they can graduate and go any place so we need to give them the the church planting bug uh early and get them excited about it and and reshaping how they think and so they are thinking man i i can get an architecture job anywhere with my degree right what if i what if i got it in a town where where i could help that church get planted yep Um, Man, that i've got buddies that are over at, at uh whateverville tech and no one's really like they haven't found a way to engage all the students there man, what if I went ahead and transferred there and finished my degree out? What, what would that look like? That yeah. That is a, a game-changing shift in how we're trying to train college students to think about church planning, and it requires churches to change how they think about uh, church planning and engaging yeah. college students.
1: Yeah. yeah. So does whether a college campus needs a church plant or just – a a college ministry depend on your context or is the answer always yes it does need an on-campus type bcm and a church plant what what would you say are the factors because if it is both and and not either or how would you go about making a decision say on a campus that's not having anything right now what would you do what would you start with a church or a campus ministry
2: Mm, that's a great question. So, if you, so is there a community that exists out there that has a thriving university and no churches? Well, we should plant churches in that town because it sounds <laughs> like that whole community needs churches. Yeah. Um, do we need to create an on-campus ministry? Yeah, because my job is not multi-generational. My job is uh, is focused, and so my ability to concentrate my time is the same reason why your church should have a youth pastor. Um, Because there's an advantage to your church hiring someone whose job it is exclusively to work with your high school students. Now, can your pastor work with your high school students? He should, absolutely. But there's an advantage to having a youth pastor. There's an advantage to having a college ministry in your town where you have dedicated someone whose job is just to work with college students. And my job is, also to keep the pedal down on college ministry in my town. So no matter what happens with any of our churches, leadership changes, uh, fluctuations, and we've had churches that have planted here in the last 10 years that don't exist anymore. We've had college pastors leave and pastors leave, but the BCM has continued to support whoever comes into those churches and help them love college students and reach college students. And so I, I do think that's where they fit together. You know. How many churches do we need in a college town? Well, I've got 27,000 students on my campus. <laughs> when you <laughs> add in faculty and staff, we're, we're talking 35,000 people. Well, that probably puts us in the top 15 of, of communities in Arkansas. How yeah. many Southern Baptist entities do we need to reach 35,000 people? Well, you need more than one. <laughs> uh, probably need more than five, we probably yeah. need more than 10. So, yeah. uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm not, um, I don't know how you put a limit on, um, or a saturation point for too many people trying to reach our campus. Yeah.
0: Good. And that's just the campus, not talking about the wider community, you know, which is, which is huge.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. northwest arkansas you know fayetteville's got another 70 75 thousand people northwest arkansas we're pushing uh you know five five or six times that so the opportunities here are immense and as a as a local church you should be multi-generational or working towards that now yeah. You know, there may be places like Pullman, Washington, where there are 30,000 people in town. 20,000 of them are college students. 10,000 are people in town. So if your church is 75% college students, well, that makes sense according to your right. demographic. And that can right. happen in a lot of places. That That's happening to some churches here in Fayetteville. But you shouldn't be exclusively monogenerational. Um, I don't right. know that, that that fits the biblical model. Uh, I think you should be working towards multi generational. Absolutely. Um, have putting college students at the front of the bus means that you're going to make some strategic choices that will fluctuate from year to year on um, decade to decade generations of students that change faster than any other generation of churchgoers um, to be able to continue to put them at the front of the bus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I, we need both uh, 100%. And uh, and I think there are distinct functions and unique functions of each uh, that we need to continue. And so uh, I'm excited about you know kind of the addition to, not the subtraction of, you know campus ministry. So, yep, yep, good word. All right, man, thanks for coming on. We're gonna. Uh, You know, wrap up with the burning questions that, uh, well, really just Chad and I want to know. Nobody else cares.
1: We're really interested, though.
0: Yeah, but we're really interested in Mm -hmm. your They've all turned off the
2: podcast at this point.
0: They have, yeah. And uh, so we're hoping that your answer to every question will be yum-yum sauce, Mm -hmm. uh, just because we like to say that word, yum-yum sauce. So... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... (laughs) Cole's not having any of it. i just—I tell you, I'm I so disappointed. I think it's technically three words. Yeah, that is three yeah. words, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> All right, so rapid fire. Top one or two books you've read that have had the most impact on you?
2: Uh, college Mystery-wise, Starfish and the Spider really helped us to think differently about uh, reproducibility um, and, uh, yeah, and simplifying that. um. Building a disciple-making culture, by Breen has really reshaped how we, how the language we use for disciple-making. Um, I'm gonna go old Literally, school, Literally, li- literally, shape. One of my students told me the other day he wants a, uh, a certificate that when he graduates in a degree in Christian geometry. So, and he will get that from me. <laughs> if we we draw everything out. I love that book. In, uh, in 3D M shapes. Life so, shapes, baby. They're yes. everywhere. Yep. So, Those old are good. School, uh, All Things uh, for Good by Thomas Watson it would be my last book.
0: Cole, that was three. We only asked for two. I'm sorry. You can't. That one doesn't count. All
2: right. My bad. <laughs> <your dad. laughs> but
1: besides, be, besides being able to count, uh, what is a weakness you have in ministry <laughs> and a strength as well?
2: Yeah, I think... Um, Weakness is that I'm the eternal optimist, and uh, so sometimes I'm not like a great judge of um, of uh, like character and like oh this this guy's gonna be perfect he's awesome he's gonna do great I'm, and then I I'm also uh, in the on the uh, life shapes I'm a pioneer not a developer, which means that my positivity and my willingness to go you're in you're the guy here you go means I tell people who aren't ready or aren't qualified that they're in charge and then I (laughs) run away from them because I've already delegated and I'm looking for the next person to recruit and to send out. So, yeah. Uh, and I think, so, um, I guess that would be the flip side. Then my strengths is that I'm fearless when it comes to like trying new things. And I'm all about like what's ground we haven't taken yet. And, um, and how do we get there? Um, and I like systems and ideas, and so I like kind of synthesizing what other people are doing and what they're thinking about and pulling those together.
0: Good. You, you and I share those same strengths and weaknesses. Mm. And, uh, and so that they show up when I release church planners that probably shouldn't be released yet. <laughs> yep. So, cool. so anyway. All right. Uh, favorite hobby or pastime?
2: Uh, tailgate games. Uh, I, I, if you, we could stand in the yard for hours and throw beanbags or sticks or golf balls tied to strings, or uh, I have, a I have a, a, a wide assortment of tailgate games. I love uh, many, mini, mini, ver- I have one called Viking chest. Um, yeah, just all sorts of stuff like that.
0: What is Viking chest?
2: It's a, it's a, uh, it's a kind of silly but rather complicated yard game that involves uh, throwing sticks back and forth to either side of your field or their field and eventually clearing your side so that you can knock over the king in the middle of the in the middle of the field. So some people call it coob. Viking chess just sounds a whole lot cooler. So that's what we call it around here. It does. You can Google it.
0: Coob sounds like something you don't want. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, he's got a case of the cubes. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, so sound
2: like a good sa- thing. That Cole. sounds
1: like a hobby for a collegiate minister. Uh, yeah, it this does. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. tailgate game. I mean, yeah. That's a new
0: one. We've that's not a new heard one. tailgate We've not. games. <laughs> that's awesome. So <laughs> That is very contextual. Yeah.
1: Uh, How about
2: favorite movie? Favorite movie. Oh, man. Uh, cut out this dead space on the podcast. Uh, I don't know. I'm um, just... Uh, shawshank redemption because every right. time it's on yep. you have to watch it i feel the same way about the green Mile. yeah like well i'm not doing anything for yeah. the next four hours because i stumbled across this <laughs> and i'm gonna watch this forever.
1: <laughs> yeah. darn you tnt uh, yeah, you
2: got me every time
1: what
0: what's bad is when they play it every night for a whole weekend then your whole weekend oh shot. no dude yeah, see, I'm a huge Shawshank Redemption fan, and uh, that's number two, my number two favorite movie. Of
1: Redemption movies, it's probably my favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of the very small category of Redemption movies. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, we uh, get
1: that. We get the epics. We get Shawshank. We get Braveheart. We get
0: things like that. Yeah, that Gladiator. Are, yeah. Yeah, so. We, All right, favorite band or musician?
2: Yeah. Um, NPR? Does that count? Uh,
0: <laughs> does I, count? I am
2: not. I am not a music guy. So, it, it, if you turn the Nerd radio alert. on in my car, yeah, it's some someone is talking. So, they're either it's either NPR or sports talk or it's an audio book or it's a podcast. It's something. Uh, so my students the other day, uh, we got an email from someone. They were like, "Hey, we're looking for volunteers. We're bringing this group into town. You know, Christian group and." And I was like, Hey, anybody ever, I don't don't even remember what the name of it was. And they were like, anyone ever heard of this? I don't know anything about it. And they were like, seriously, you have no idea who that is. (laughs) Nah, I have no idea.
0: So are are they on sports radio? What you know, is that ESPN announcer? (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, Cole, that's where you and I diverge. Uh, while we share similar personalities, we, we part ways at that point. And, uh, So, because I am a music junkie, so we can still be friends though, because we share the Shawshank Redemption, (laughs) love for Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) So, uh, if you'd have gone one two with Shawshank and Monty Python The Holy Grail, then we might be brothers. We might be brothers.
2: So that's awesome. So,
0: all right. Well, Davey, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, through some of the technical difficulties and everything, this will all be spliced together and uh, sounding Beautiful. good by the time our <laughs> lovely production minister, Nick Burt, gets through with if, it. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you, where do they find you?
2: In yeah, Fayetteville? Um, that's right. Just swing by our, our, our building when you're here with <laughs> 80,000 of your closest friends for a Razorback game. Um, that's yeah. right. Uh Twitter at Colepinick.com um hogbcm.com is our um is our website. Uh yeah, I write some with a website called the Collegiate Collective, as well as other stuff with uh collegiate and young leaders here in Arkansas.
0: Cool. Cool. Collegiate collective is a great website too for some great stuff on collegiate ministry and church planning. Uh good on you, Brian Fry. Yep. And uh and some of those fellas so all right man well thanks so much for hanging out with us and uh i guess we'll see you later
2: absolutely thanks guys Go play
0: some tailgate games oh yeah <laughs> i'll bring them down <laughs> see you, you call